Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Spencer, and of course we have our licensed clinical therapist, Nas. Uh, this is the Different Spectrums podcast. Yes, welcome. Hello. Uh, we talk about uh, movies, shows, and the mental health aspects surrounding them. We also have uh, we have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously. Also, don't forget to run up those likes for us. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. So today, hit that yes, subscribe, download. You should have said that when I was saying it, not afterwards, jackass. You went too fast. No, it's the same fucking thing every time. And you're like, you're too fast. Jackass. All right. Process. So now whatever. Today, we're going to be taking a look back at Black Panther, the first Black Panther. Um, before we checked out the scene um, with, uh, I forgot what his name was, he was stealing the vibranium. Um, claw. Claw, yeah, we did the claw scene where uh, people were, you know, filming him and the claw was trying to get T'Challa to do something stupid. Yeah, in front Black, of people, violent, right? yep. Mm -hmm. uh, so today we're actually going to be taking a look at the two scenes from the ancestral plane. So he went there in the beginning of the movie and then at the end. Um, so we're going to be taking a look at those scenes. Also, a little bit of updates for the show. Soon we'll be having our own website slash merch coming out. Coming soon. Coming mm -hmm. soon. Uh, so Exciting. check those out and buy things. Buy, it. buy, buy things you don't need, please. Buy them. Yes, and spread the love and be like, yeah, this is my favorite podcast right here with the big-ass yellow print on it. Yeah, it's a smiley face or Colby cheese. Either way, you remember it. Yep. Is that a piece of cheese? Yep, big piece of cheese. Mm -hmm. That's right, just with letters on it. All right. Naz, what are we gonna be talking about today from this from these scenes? We're gonna be talking about black mm. kittens. Black panther. Meow. Meow meow. Uh, meow mix, meow mix. Please deliver. Uh yeah, man. So we're gonna be talking about a few different things. We'll see where the ancestral plane takes us. We'll go a little here, go a little there. Yeah. Um Spencer brought up, we're gonna talk about family. Change, maybe morals, values, ethics, uh, going against your father, going against the grain of right your of your lineage, maybe culture, maybe background, maybe economic status, whatever it is, might dip into some some dilemmas, some social dilemmas, and then how you may make some choices that maybe your culture wouldn't make, or maybe your region specific wouldn't make, and then how do we get out of those pickles? How do we? self-actualized become more autonomous even in a collectivist society so we might talk about some of those things uh we also might try and relate this like meditation because it's like a super cool scene uh yes so you know every once in a while we like to dabble in the drugs and you know we go to the plane we <laughs> we <laughs> mr papa papa gummy <laughs> yeah <laughs> one one butt gummy Mm, it tastes delicious. Well, you know, 
to my butt. So I don't know how delicious it tastes. Right. It's from so New Girl. Good. We'll get to the scene. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Winston gives the cat meds and it's a butt med. I'm sorry. All right. We'll, we'll, oh my God. Now everybody's going <laughs> to. Allow the hardship up to restore the powers of the Black Panther and take you to the ancestral plane. Tijaka, we call on you. Come here to your son. Stand up. You are a king. Indoneku kata zayonya. Adetone hindirade baba. Bumba kubok. Bushala uzlung selela ukuba. Ikumka. Dikufundi sa dikupetresha. Ushili apa etalendiwa. That is not what I am talking about. I am not ready to be without you. A man who has not prepared his children for his own death has failed as a father. Have I? Ever failed you? Never. Tell me how to best protect Wakanda. 
I want to be a great king, Baba. Just like you. You're going to struggle. So you need to surround yourself with people you trust. You're a good man. With a good heart. And it's hard for a good man to be king. Breathe. T'Challa, breathe. Breathe. He was there. He was there. My father. Allow the heart-shaped herb to give you the powers of the Black Panther and take you to the ancestral plane. What did I tell you about going into my things? Hmm? What did you find? Your home. I gave you a key, hoping that you might see it someday. Yes, the sunsets there are the most beautiful in the world. But I fear you still may not be welcome. Why? They will say you are lost. But I'm right here. No tears for me? Everybody dies. It's just life around here. Well, look at what I've done. I should have taken you back long ago. Instead, we are both abandoned here. Well, maybe your home's the ones that's lost. That's why they can't find us. Another king. 
Yeah, go ahead and burn all that. My king, we cannot do that. It is our tradition. When I tell you to do something, I mean that shit. Burn it all! come for you to come home and be reunited with me. Ungoba, why didn't you bring the boy home? was the truth I chose to omit. You were wrong to abandon him. I chose my people. I chose Wakanda. Our future depended you on... You were wrong! All of you were wrong! To turn your backs on the rest of the world! We let the fear of our discovery stop us from doing what is right. No more. I cannot stay here with you. I cannot rest while he sits on the throne. He is a monster of our own making. I must take the mantle back. I must. I must right these wrongs. all right welcome back everybody please subscribe down below down below there's down below please subscribe or else he's gonna do that again maybe you like that then he'll do it more you like my sexy voice can't wait for you to have a girlfriend i'm gonna be like why you're gonna be like what's wrong with her why did you choose him? <laughs> He's so funny. He's funny. But my other right. girlfriends are in the backyard. All right. So um, we watched two scenes. Um, the first one was uh, T'Challa taking the heart-shaped herb and uh, drinking it and then being buried. 
So the this is drink. the traditional Wakandan way. Shut up. The traditional Wakandan way of uh, being the Black Panther. Um, and then you saw a flashback of um, Captain America Civil War where um, T'Challa's dad died in the blast. And then he finally meets him in the ancestral plane. Um, great scenes. Verse, first, visually, and then also... I, I love the music. Yes. Um, so the music was actually done by this guy named Ludwig, who um, does like all the movie scores. Literally, yeah, he does Mando too. Yeah, yep, he does everything. And also, he was the producer for uh, Childish Gambino. So, okay. so yeah, he does everything. He actually went to Africa, like found all these different instruments, and then used them in the movie. Very talented guy. Very cool. Um, but, then um, after T'Challa was done talking to his father, we skip forward into the movie where uh, we find Killmonger, who is the cousin of T'Challa. And um, we find out that um, T'Challa's dad killed um, Killmonger's father. Yep. Um, and then, um, of course, Killmonger goes on a path of vengeance, and he finally, you know, becomes a Black Panther himself. Um, then he defeats T'Challa in battle. Everybody thinks T'Challa's dead. And um, little do they know, he's alive. He's, he's kicking. Um, but then skip to the second scene where um, T'Challa confronts his father and also all of his ancestors um, for not helping other people um, that needed help, especially with their technology, especially their own people um, that were in the U.S. Um, yep. There was a big thing with uh, Killmonger's dad where he was explaining that all of these people are just dying and they're like their government's feeding them drugs Poor and, and yeah they're messing them over in every way every way and so he asked him for his help obviously he dies so um t'challa finally confronts his father and tells him why didn't you why didn't you take the boy why didn't you take him here and of course his father was just it, it feel it felt like his father still felt he made the right decision even though all of this was still happening right mm -hmm. now you could say that was maybe stubbornness but i also think that he thought he was doing right by his people by In not right allowing yep. yeah and you know you can see it however you want um me personally um obviously learning on further in life i think you would probably say yeah i probably screwed up there because um, they made this monster, like T'Challa said, which we'll be getting into. So, thoughts on the scenes, Naz? As we talked about in the in the pre-production meeting, that's what we call them now a fancy pre-production yes. meeting. Mm -hmm. Ten minutes, uh, like sex jokes, and, uh, and then actually talking about material. Jesus, when did we talk about? I don't remember that. Whoops, maybe I was mistaken. <laughs> yeah, you must be just in your head. Jesus. That's how uh, it usually goes, but okay. I'm the yeah. crazy one. Yeah, you are. Um, the scenes, visually, some of the prettiest scenes that there are, like I told you before, uh, the first scene used to be one of my backgrounds. Um, yeah. I always love how Disney has like that tree 
it's always that tree of wisdom, right? It's, it's, it's like right. in Lion King. It's in so many different places, that tree. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you add in the colors, the panthers in the background with their eyes. It's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Then you add in the music, and that's intense. And when you hear it in Black Panther 2, it's also still intense. And it's it sounds almost like a violin, right? It's the violin's going. Are you doing Something Monday like Night Football? What is it? <laughs> I end up getting fucking goosebumps every time that song plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's also quite enjoyable. Then you get into the scene itself. First scene, he's so proud. Sees his father. He's excited because his father's, you know, passed away. But he's excited to know that his father's the one that came to him in the ancestral plane. Because right. uh, that's his guider, his mentorship. He gives him some words of wisdom, as you've seen. It's like, why are you worried? Are you not prepared? Have you not trained your entire life? Have you not sat by my side? Everything that you need is already inside of you. You have the skills, talent, mind, everything. You've been tested. You're good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then he makes a statement. You know, you're a good man. Have some people around you. It's going to be tough to be a good man, a good person, and to be king, to be this leader. And it looks like that revelation comes true later on in the show, right? Because now the dad can't even really be mad at him because you already just said you're a good person. So the good person wouldn't make this unethical choice and let his uncle and his, you know, his cousin die. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's part of the thing right there is it already shows you that there was the prelude of the next scene, which is, you know, T'Challa goes and sees his dad again. And then the rest of the ancestors, he's like, y'all, y'all are trash. Y'all suck. Y'all really let your people die, even though you could have helped them. Yeah. It's like, dude, you could have just swooped him up in the battleship or whatever you got and zoomed off. You know, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> Even that, or they could have just, or given, just given their technology um, and let them see uh, another way you know, instead of being in the slums and being in the bottom all. all yeah, they could have figured out a way to see what it means. Yeah, they could have figured out a way to infiltrate, uh, right? And then start mm-hmm. maneuvering their way. I mean, God knows everyone else did in the Marvel shows. Everyone gets infiltrated. Hydra's pretty much infiltrated and damn near for like a hundred years. I know. And then you're just like, Hill Hydra. You're like, what the? What? Yeah. Is, these motherfuckers still alive? Yeah, what it's like hell? 15 years of just Hail Hydra. And I'm like, for another one? Like, you couldn't get one Wakanda in there? Technically, there is. And there's Wakanda agents. Yeah. But they Waka- don't really like. Do, do anything? anything? Yeah, they're I just guess. like in posts. They're posted around the world. They're kind of like, um, what is it? Like they're not able to act on anything. Yeah, like they're, they're just, just undercover. To they're be just undercover. spies. Yeah, but they don't do anything. Yeah. They're not like maneuvering things like Hydra. And so that's what uh, Killmonger ends up activating. And then he's like, hey, we're going to take over the world. I'm going to send to the materials. And we're going to kill, for lack of a better word, some, some white folks. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It was genocide. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, right, Killmonger, you could say, would be antisocial, sociopathic, kind of like we just did the episode on uh, Stranger Things. What's the dude's yep. name again? Stranger Things. Vecna. Um, Vecna, yeah. Yeah. So, 
I don't know if he's but, on Vecna's level. No, definitely not. Be well, Vecna, I don't think would have broken that tear and like sobbed right. about his dad, and then he got back up and he was like freaking out. So this is a young child that was hurt, devastated, mm-hmm. seeking revenge on everyone. This is all a vengeance plot. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, not only was he, you know, discriminated against, but also he was, you know he was left behind by his own people so yeah. much, that's why he's such a loner because nobody really took yeah, him no in one. yeah he went no upstairs one. his dad was dead yeah mess anybody oh, hey, up. my uncle killed him nice oh it's nice yeah you find that out later uh right. yeah it's a it's a gross story man he has to grow up his entire life and then he ends up finding ways to become the biggest baddest thing that there is and next thing you know right he becomes the mm-hmm. black panther and takes the hot shape herb. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back and sees his dad and he cries with him. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty intense scene. It's one of my favorite scenes there. It's 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 a lot of trauma there. And then he, you know, he's pretty much telling his dad, I'm gonna take over this. And his dad's like, I didn't want mm-hmm. this for you, but it looks like this is where we're at. You're not accepted. And then you get to the third yeah. scene that we looked at, technically the second scene on the YouTube video. And uh T'Challa says, you know, you screwed up, and he goes. You know, we got to take care of this monster that we created. Mm. What did we do? What did you do? How could you have let this happen? For not only did we hurt all our people by not intervening, but then we created this individual that's going to kill everyone. Mm. And so your inability to enact has now actually caused the destruction of probably millions if he goes through with this, right? Mm. It's intense. Um mm. So there's many different parallels to mental health that we can that we can pull from this, and I think we're gonna right. we'll take a little stab at it, just like how Killmonger died. Just one quick, one little stab. Yeah, big ass spear in his chest. <laughs> a little stab. Jesus. Uh, so I'm gonna toss it back to you, boss. Where do you want to start yeah. off? Let's Feel start. Off. Let's let's start with the first scene, um, and kind of talk about the um, maybe the expectations that we set for ourselves that um, our ancestors or even like our parents set for us, um, and then how can we kind of maneuver our way to not only make ourselves happy, but then also um, try to get them happy as well. I think that'd be a good way to start. Um, okay. Yeah, I think personally with this scene, first of all, Chadwick Boseman killed this movie. He was just yeah. amazing. Rest in peace. God. Yes, rest yeah. in peace. And then also Ryan Coogler, um, who directed this movie, and he also directed all of the Creeds too. So okay. pretty much anything with Michael B. Jordan, he has directed pretty great um but yeah so i think when we look at t'challa he's at first we think he's so much similar to his his dad yeah we think like oh they're both great leaders they're trying to lead their people to you know to be even better um and to keep on growing but then we really find out that you know his dad had some had some skeletons in his closet that he's ashamed of. Yep. Right. So I think it's 
I think it's always important that even though we do see our our parents as these figures that we can look up to, they're also human as well. And, and they have to make really hard decisions for us to grow up in and to help us grow even further. It may even have to lie to us um, just for the sake of us, you know, see, still seeing us in that light. And with that, I kind of want to question, like, if you were in chat, if you were in T'Challa's shoes, how would you react to finding this out that you're, you know, that your father has the this, this kind of dark past of trying to protect his people? What would you kind of think or say? Would you be on the side with T'Challa or would you be more of like understanding of your father? Because he had to make that choice. He thought he had to make that choice for his people. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough one to say, you know me, man. I, I'm always the, the victim of, you know, you don't know until you're in that exact situation at the exact time. So I kind of don't like folks. But I know what I do. I do this. I'm like, motherfucker, you don't know what you do, right? Because you don't, you don't have all the context. But let's say, if it was a client I was working with, I, I'll say my own choice. I, I technically don't know because I can see me going with pops, and I can also see me mm -hmm. having a ton of shame and anger towards pops you know, for like mm -hmm. leaving this one person behind, but I might also be able to rationalize and be like, it was for the best of the country. So I probably, right. my older self now wouldn't be too mad, but also I would make sure that I could right the wrong as much as possible. Now, if the, all of a sudden there's monsters there and getting ready to genocide all mm -hmm. these people, well, I'd be more infuriated now because look what you did. Look at the, right. the, the shit that you left me with. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, it depends. But if I was in his shoes, I definitely would be pissed because you just, <laughs> homeboy just killed me, dog. Like, I'm going to be mad. Like, I'm in the Ancestral plane because I just died. He's like, come here, son. <laughs> You're with us now. I'm like, what? Like, dog. <laughs> you killed me. Why my Pretty bastard cousin just killed me, dog? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, so that, that I, I would say maybe lean more towards T'Challa, right? Because you definitely just died. Um, right, but in reality, right, right. something like that deep probably isn't going to happen. So maybe you can come to like a moral balance. Um, if I was working with a client like that, mm -hmm. I would do their best to like, all right, sit back, analyze the situation, try to look at all the different angles, try to have some empathy before you completely burn this bridge with your parent mm -hmm. uh, figure. Understand that they had to do certain things. Understand that they grew up in certain situations and things were different. Mm -hmm. Uh so I remember, you know, I was a certain way with some family members and you know, mm -hmm. I didn't really enjoy them a lot and I cut some folks off and then you find out, you know, some deep shit happens to them. It's really bad. And I'm like, okay, now mm -hmm. I gained some more empathy and understanding, but it was after they passed that I found a lot of things out. I'm like, Jesus. I said, this. so this is why they always said you got it easy. Always mm -hmm. said, you got it easy. You got it easy. And I'm like, okay, I, I mean, shit technically ain't easy, but it's much easier than what you went through in your past in the, in the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, right. you know, so I gained a lot of that. Um, right now, I'm currently speaking of, of moms after the funeral, and I got to talk to some of the aunties, and I got to find mm -hmm. out, you know, why the family was so messed up and what mm -hmm. was going on and what was happening to the girls in that family and the deep trauma. Uh, so I was like, okay, now it makes sense. My mom was kind of out there, but she, in, right. in that perspective, she did very well by us. Mm -hmm. Crazy as shit, mm -hmm. but she did very well for technically. She should have been much more broken than what she was.
Um, so, right, you gain empathy, you gain understanding. If you're in a place to forgive, there's a difference between forgiveness and forgetting. So you can, like, forgive people mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but you don't have to forget the things that they did. You can still make sure you hold them accountable. So I, I work with many students that humans were horrible things have happened. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, things happen in relationships all the time, and th things just happen. I'm like, all right. So you can work on some compassion and like slowly forgiving them, keeping a really good firm boundary so you'll never get hurt again by these individuals. Then also keeping that line, that border open, that bridge open if they so choose to change their behavior to where they can now become part of your life. So my clients, I'll be telling mm -hmm. them like, you know, they used to be like this and you went a different way and you're going a healthier way. And so they get to choose if they want to be in your life now. If they mm -hmm. abide by your rules and are healthy and treat you with kindness, right? The way you want to be treated. Right. The sad thing is, is me and many of them know that their their parents or their loved ones can never do it. They'll never be able to do it because they just don't have it because there's something fundamentally broken and they won't change. Mm -hmm. And so my students will come to me and they'll be like, will my parent ever be able to love me? And honestly, I think it's a no. Uh, so super sad. Right. And some of the students, these are grown humans, too. These ain't like 19-year-olds, bro. These are like 30-year-olds. And they just mm -hmm. look at me and they said, this is going to fuck me up for life. I said, no, it's not, man. I've seen you in good, healthy relationships. You got joy most of the time. Right. It's complicated, bro. Uh, you got to have mm -hmm. the context. You got to have some good boundaries. You got to be confident in who you are. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, that parent shit will mess you up. Because parents fuck up, bro. I'm going to fuck up. Colin's going to fuck up with his kid. My boy Moses mm -hmm. gonna fuck up with his kid. Like, it's gonna happen. Yeah, of course. Bro. I don't have it close to me. Moses sent me a Christmas gift. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was a coffee mug. And it mm -hmm. had pictures of his of his two-year-old on there. Month, year and a half. And in the middle says, future installments for the therapy needed. And it's a picture of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> so they already know they're gonna fuck the kid up. You're like, you know what? Let's just put a plan down for therapy. He did. He said, I got a payment plan for you now. I said, Colin kid gonna need therapy before your kid. He said, crack it up. Well, not gonna get into that one. That's, that's a little but, tough. I'm, um, I'm just trying to like support parents out there, man. You're gonna fuck up, it's fine. Of course. Of course. And you know, honestly, T'Chaka, T'Challa's dad, um, yep. he just he also had a big decision. He was a king. Like, you know. He did the best that he thought he did in the moment, man. Yeah, he did the That's best that he thought. I can't even hate on it. I, I can't either. Like, you want to because he killed his brother, right? Yeah. But at the same time, he didn't, he want, like I said, he wants to protect what he thought he needed to. Um, so, okay. All right. Well, I also think that um, I love the scene where um killmonger is back in his old apartment he's in the ancestral plane and um he goes into like this little um high like hidden um wall, wall yeah. and he pulls out a notebook and finds the ring that his father had um and then once his father showed up he becomes like this little child again That's awesome right just like how he just got caught doing something. So now he feels like a little kid. And then that's what you see there, him being a little kid. Um, honestly, I think that's such a great scene because it just shows that he still has that. He's still, 
a child underneath all of that, all of that like bruteness, all that muscle. Yeah. And his father asks, like, no tears for me. And he's like, people die. So already he's just, he's turned off his emotions um, towards the world and even his father. Um, yep. Even though he's first, it's like his first time seeing him since he was a kid. Yep. Um, which just, just shows how his environment was around him, just people dying everywhere, um, whether it was drugs or violence. Um, AIDS. Yeah, AIDS too, because yeah, yep. it was around the and 80s, that time. I think, 80s, yep. 90s. So yep. um, it was just a great scene. And I love the fact that um, we do get to see that child child side of Killmonger just for a little bit. A little um, bit. Yeah. And it's just straight trauma. Uh, so mm-hmm. I would say that's a trauma fracture, trauma split in the kid's mind. And right. so when we go to do therapy, we're trying to heal the little one inside. The little one that needed someone to love them, to be them, to support, to to protect them. And he's just a shivering shell. And he's crying because, you know, he misses his father. He's sad. He's lost. He's afraid. He's angry. Uh, And so it's an intense scene. And so the first scene, you see the joy. And he says, Father, I'm I'm not ready. He said, you're ready. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not ready to be without you. So the second ancestral plane, when uh, Killmonger's there, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't ready to be without his father yet again. So it's another emotional connection lost. Right. Charles was when he was a grown man and ready to take the the helm. This is a young boy traumatized. Uh, it's intense. And so you can therapize that many different ways. Losing a father, losing a loved one, losing a mother. Your childhood mm-hmm. being fractured. Uh, being... Let's say even if you was an affluent family, your family members, if they're fluent, they might be both working. And so you're alone. You're maybe with a nanny or something like that. You're not getting the love from them. You're getting from other people. They're highly successful and busy. Maybe you're adopted. And so there's some things going on. Maybe, you know, they they died too. And you got to live with grandma. So you're still getting love. But there's always that wondering, where's dad at? Where's mom at? Where's my, Mm -hmm. my birth parents, my bio parents? So that's the thing that can mess up with a lot of people, man. It leaves a lot of questions. Uh, right. With my humans, like I said, even the ones that are fluent, you know, parents ain't even there. Boy, they would say, I would never want to be poor and like Killmonger and his dad was dead or gone or my deadbeat dad just took off. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but your parents were there the whole time and I still chose not to love you. They was in your house every day. That fucks my kids up, bro. And I'm yeah. like, I get it to privilege, but like, damn. I know. That's, it's intense. And, and kind of just, just seeing like all these different parents and how they've raised their children makes you go like, damn, I have to, I have to really, you have to really put in the work you do. to be a parent. You can't just sit around and act like your kid's just going to grow up and be somewhat like just efficient in the world it's just not going to happen i mean okay sure t'challa you know and killmonger technically they've all like they both rose to very successful parts of their life yeah Yeah. you know like killmonger was like a 
like a badass in the U.S. military. And yeah, just, he was a navy. Uh, like, yeah, he was either a SEAL or he was a yeah, one I think of them. He was a marine, wasn't he? Maybe he was a marine. He was way up there. Yeah, so he was way up there, and he he did all that in spite of where he came from, right? But a lot of the time, those are just stories that you know not everybody can do that. Very not everybody rare. Can just yeah, it's a very rare thing, yep. and you have to have like realistic goals, not only for yourself, but for your kids too. Like they're not going to be like these huge things all the time. You want them to be, but at the same time, it's like, you have a lot to have of those just, realistic. Goals. A lot of us are just average people, man. Like you said, realistic goals. Yeah. Can you be happy and make your way in the world? Like it's one in a million, something billion to win a lottery, one in something thousand million to make it to the pros. Right. And, in right. sports, you know, I'm thinking of someone like the Chicago Bulls, Philly, and now Miami, you got Jimmy Butler, right? Mm. And he grew up yeah. homeless and stuff like that, no family, and then now he's one of the biggest, baddest stars that there is. He's getting old now. He's one of my favorites. Right. A lot of people don't like him because he's a little crazy, but he wants to win. And to me, I think right. he's a dog. Um, a dog Best meaning good, good folks. Um, so he's there's some folks that can do it. Um yeah. But it's not many. And so having that support of your father, parent, guardian, grandma, I mean, right. it means a lot, man. Uh, and then you fast forward mm -hmm. to the last scene when you start to confront the people, even if they were in your life the whole time, you realize that you can mm -hmm. diverge from their trainings, their teachings. And so mm -hmm. I was thinking of that scene, like my kids that uh, feel disenfranchised because of certain things. So it could be, they toss away their religion. They're like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to college. I'm not going to get real into this Christianity. I'm not going to this Islam, Catholicism. Like, I think I'm just going to chill on that. You know, I, maybe I, you know, I, I hit it straight in high school, but I might be queer. I might be questioning. I might be gay. I might be asexual. And I've been acting like I have, like, want to be with partners, but I just want to, like, chill in my room and play video games. You got some right. students that, that come out, you know, as trans and they're having panic attacks and they're feeling congruent. I'm talking about those kids, they got to hide and then they finally come to my offices and then we can start doing some real work and some healing and get away some of this nasty suicidal stuff, mental health stuff. They can start living a life, which is intense right. for a lot of my students because now if they start to come out or be their true selves, disowned from the family, you know, it's some tough, comp tough stories. My students that are gay, right? They can't tell their parents. I got students that tell their parents. Like, hey, you know, I got a partner. They're like, I don't want to know. Or like, they'll be like, hey, I'm going to get married. Do you want to come? They said, no. Like, damn. Mm. Like, this is your kid. You love your kid, supposedly. They're going to get married right. and you ain't even going to go? Like, it's tough, man. I've had a lot of humans cry in my office because of certain things. And I mean, I get it. You're stuck in your ways. I get it. I worked at a Catholic university, so there's a lot of things that are taboo. But like, damn, right. you're just going to throw away your whole kid? So... People can, you can, don't have to do exactly what your parents did. God knows I learned a lot from my parents, good and bad. I learned a right. lot of stuff on what not to do. A lot of stuff from both parents on what not to do. I also learned a lot of stuff that's really fucking awesome that makes me a badass therapist. Yeah. And that makes me a tiger, a lion. Mm -hmm. I told him Spence the other day, and I'm going to switch it back to you. I told Spence the other day, I yeah. said, you know, some humans came at me at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, by humans, I mean, you know, some higher rankings. And, and they said, Nas, you know, I'm glad you apologized. 
I, I said, hold up now. I didn't apologize for anything. I'm not sorry mm-hmm. for what happened or what I did. It won't mm-hmm. happen again, and I'll make the corrections moving forward. But what I did was right for students, because my number one goal is students. So I thought I was serving the student, unless right. I will not apologize for that. I will hold myself accountable knowing that I broke some rules to move some things around. Um, but what I'm doing is trying to serve my population, my people. But technically, you know, I work for a company, this and that. And so I took my lashes. Why I tell you this? Because, you know, sometimes I told Spence, I don't just apologize. I got to legit mean it. I'm not just going to say something. Sometimes I hold myself accountable and I apologize. Don't get twisted. I apologize all the time because I fuck up all the time. Uh, Learn that from Pops. Mm. Mom ain't never apologizing. I don't give a damn. She'd rather stab you before she apologizes. (laughs) <laughs> At least dad will do it. What would you say? <laughs> Steph, dad. Yep. He bumped into me. Ah. I'm telling you, man, Miles a trooper. If you would have met her, Spence, she would have been like, whoa. <laughs> uh, but she was tenacious. And so that's where I get my uh, ferocity from. It's not actually from Pops, it's from her. Okay. All right. I'm going to toss it back to you. Second yeah. scene. How does one like you take yes. the second scene as well? Because I took it in, you know, you don't have to do what your parents did. You can diverge. Right. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, I I agree with you can diverge, but I also think that you can, like you said, you can take things that you learned and just put, implement them. Right. You can take you can pick apart little things that you want to take away from your parents and then translate in the into yourself. I think that's a big deal. Um, because if you're exactly like your parents, then where is the growth in time? Like times change. You have to adapt and you have to be different, or else then what's the point? What's the yeah, point you gotta learn. Just, yeah. Why would I teach my kids to be the same as me? And the and it's like thirty years later. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, but I do think that um, T'Chaka and his all of his ancestors really made the choices for their people because they've seen what you know what's happening in America, what other countries too. Yep. Um, what's happening to their people? So they wanted to make sure that nobody could take advantage of that. And that yep. they can write their own history themselves, which I have to respect. Um, yep. Even though I do think that people, they should have opened their doors a lot sooner because a lot of people are hurting and they need um, positive people to look at. People that feel like they're royalty, even though they're not. Um, even like you can see in like even in the scenes where uh, like they're in Wakanda in the streets, everybody just seems happier everybody just seems like they're their own person and they don't have to worry about anything else um i was telling Nas that um i watched an episode of snowfall it's uh the story of um how crack came into america right and um just like um all of these different black and brown folks just um trying to make it in america 
right? Doing whatever it is, even if it's selling drugs, killing people, gangs, and all that stuff. In the last scene, they go to, or in the last episode, they go to Ghana, um, and they show this port where slavery happened, um, and how this one tribe finally, any time in this tribe that they fought, the loser would go into slavery, right? Um, but then all of a sudden, uh, Europeans came and then they changed everything that happened with that. Um, if we don't learn from like our past digressions, it's not going to get any better, right? Yep. There's still slavery going on and people selling their own people and stuff like that. And it's, yeah, there's slavery going on in America right now with a lot of migrant workers. A lot of people fighting fires in California. Yeah, sex workers. People fighting fires in California. Those are mostly inmates, people making like a quarter an hour. Right. People don't know that. Those are inmates out there. Mm Mm-hmm. And I bring all this up because a lot of the times in the Wakandans wanted to make sure that that didn't ever happen again. That they would never have to bow down to anybody else again. Um and so I can't really go against T'Chaka because I, I feel like he made the right decision in that moment, yep. even though he did kill his brother. Um, but, you know. He thought his brother yeah. was lost. He betrayed the family yeah. and the country. And thus it is, right. you know, it's treason. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, heavy heavy is the crown heavy is the head that, that holds the crown right i mean you got to make some hard choices yeah it's true yeah it's tough choices it's a it's a tough world uh looks like t'challa wants to make it a different world a peaceful world he has more mm-hmm. empathy and wants to care for all everyone all his people black people and not just wakandans mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of scary cuz now that we're moving on in these episodes and we're in the next phase right Mm-hmm. When we see Black Panther 2 and you see that all these folks, Americans, they just want to use everything for destruction and war. All these white folks are coming in to take the weapons. And then you got Neymar's like, hey, man, you open this bag of worms up. What you going to do now? Because now you're affecting my yeah. people. Mm-hmm. My, 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 Mayan people, my underwater humans and stuff like that. And OK, well, you, you need to take care of this because now if you don't, I'm going to kill you. And I got the people to do it. You know, they figure out, of course, how to do it. Yeah. We're going to talk about Blam Pack the new uh, two on Wednesday. So this will be Monday shoot. Wednesday, we're going to do part two. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really going to get into that real quick. Or I'm not. Yeah. But it is interesting how they got brown folk versus black folk. And it's really all white folks problem. Like starting the shit. I just thought it was interesting. They're always trying to make brown and black folk go at it when really the the Baba Yaga, the monster is the other person, but different. We'll talk about that tomorrow or Wednesday, two days. Right. Um, so we get into this scene mm-hmm. and he talks about the monster that we created. I got to go. I got to go take care of this. He's on the throne. He's going to kill all these people. This is this monster. Right. So there's a couple different things to break down. If, if, Killmonger scene is all about trauma, child, loss, grief, anger, and vengeance. So mm-hmm. one can use that scene 
to relate that into therapy, to use that with your therapist, right? To let emotions out. The first scene is all about father, love, anxiety, mostly anxiety about not being prepared and then grief of your father leaving you. What are you going to do without them? Mostly fear. It's all anxiety. Father's saying, like a therapist would say, you're prepared. You've done this, 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 and this, and this. You'll never be perfect. Never be perfect. But a lot of things will be permanent muscle memory, and you'll be good. It'll be permanent mm -hmm. within you. I have taught you. But the anxiety in us keep good, man. Oh, what if this? What if that? What if this? I'm going to fuck it up. This is the third scene, right, that we looked at, when it goes back to him, it's probably when we screw up and then we get real negative on ourselves and we start to spiral or that depression. You know, a couple of folks commented on the YouTube. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for making a nasty face there. A couple of folks commented on the YouTube and really sad stuff and like really traumatic stuff. And they're like, you know, I'm depressed or man, this or that, or I'm going to live in my sorrows and my, my sadness. And, you know, you see a lot of that people in therapy. And they're feeding that monster. They're feeding it. They're feeding it. And they're feeding it. So what am I saying that? They're doing all the things that they technically, sh if you want to be sad, do them. So if you want to make sure that your sleep habits are bad, then you'll continue to watch TikTok and Instagram reels all night. You make sure that your diet's super trash. You'll sleep in too late. Maybe you need to get outside and get some sunlight. Maybe just go for a walk. Maybe exercise. Maybe take some supplements. Maybe get therapy. Maybe take medication. But a lot of people won't do those things. And it's like a one-way trip to hell, one-way trip to prison. It's just tank city. And it's really hard to get some people to course correct, you know. Really hard. They create this monster, and it's so big that they'll never overcome it. And I'll be in there trying to fight it. Stab, stab. And they don't even let me fight it. They'll take my damn little stabby, my little fork. And they'll take it away from me. So now I'm like, oh, okay. So now I'm supposed to do now I get covered by the boogeyman. <laughs> yeah. It's some bullshit, man. Um, but you can see <laughs> clients, they'll strip me of almost everything. That won't work. This won't work. That won't work. This won't work. I've tried that. It didn't work. I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, I guess you could just stay sad. That's <laughs> all I know. But we'll why? That's all you know. That's what they technically say. And I'm like, all right, so do you want to stay in that or do you want to get out of it? Well, I wouldn't be here if I didn't want to get out of it. Then why aren't you heeding of any of the advice? What's holding you back from taking these steps, these small steps of action? Uh, right. It's intense. Some people like to stay in that victim role. Some people yeah. get attention from it. Some people rather not try because if they do try and they still suck, that's even worse. So you might as well not even try because technically you never failed because you never fucking tried. Mm -hmm. But Jordan, Kobe, like, shit, if I fail, big deal. I'm going to come back at you even harder the next play and even harder the next play. And you're going to have to kill me before I quit. Yeah. Well, other people are like, I'm yeah. just going to go ahead and quit. Talk yeah. to you later. Hey, I'm going to quit before you get to me. So Yeah, you're I'm going to leave you before you leave me. Hey, Vecna, why don't you just... Do it right now. Yeah. Please kill me. <laughs> um, <laughs> just do it. Just quit. Just do it. I'm not even going to fight you. I'm not even the bloody nose thing. I'm not even into it right now. Like, I don't even, my nose is like dry and shit. Like, 
I have nasal problems, so if you could just, you know, I still drink in my Starbucks. Right? So if you just wait a few minutes, Jeez. all right, we're getting it. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you love Starbucks, so don't even say that. <laughs> I've had like three times my whole life. Chill out. Um, exactly, and you loved it those three times. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, another direction you can take that scene is deviating from the culture, as I talked about. So I work with uh, a lot right. of folks of color. Uh, like I already talked about so many right. queer folks that I work with, LGBTQ population, where they can diverge from the the norms, the social norms, the family norms. But also I have a lot of folks that are in relationships, could be married. Um, you know, I got to work with a lot of Asian folks, East Asian. Uh, and, you know, it's a lot of issues with the family. Very hard family pressure. Work, 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 mm-hmm. especially with a lot of my Pakistani Indian students. You know, high anxiety. Parents calling them, like, daily sometimes, talking to them. You're doing your work. You're doing this. When are you coming back? What's going on? And if they don't answer the phone, the family starts to freak out. Like, what are you doing? So my students mm-hmm. can't even set any boundaries because they've been stripped from them their entire childhood. Fosters a lot right. of anxiety and like self-doubt. They can't even function sometimes. I get students that work, 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 work through their undergrad. They finally get to grad school and they're like, shit, man, I got to be my own person. Like, I got to do something. I haven't even lived. I've been stuck in my room for four years, plus stuck with them. Mm-hmm. And there's so much anxiety with my international students. It doesn't matter really where they're from, if they're Arab nations too. It's intense. And I'd be like, oh, just, I would never say this. Oh, just cut them off. Like, that's not a thing in other countries. And these collectivist communities, yeah. countries, it's not a thing. Uh, we're in America. We just don't talk to family. Or we, we don't talk to anyone because we're individualistic. It's all about thyself. It's more mm-hmm. selfish. But over there, it's different. Uh, and so we have a lot of conversations about things. And I have some humans that are married. And they're like, yeah, I can't get divorced. I'm like, all right. So you talk to the couples council. They say get divorced. So mm-hmm. now you're coming to me to do some 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 marriage counseling, but just one-on-one. I'm like, bro, what you want me to tell you that the other person, the white lady didn't tell you? Oh, because I'm a Arab too. Like, I'm going to understand you more. Yep, I understand you. Also, I know you're getting physically, mentally, emotionally abused. And so it might be time to leave. So I told a human, this is most philosophical and smooth as I've been in a long time. Oh, here we go. It was good. Here we go. It was good, boy. I, I was in my box today. I said, uh, you, can, you can live your life with the shame of the divorce and the shame of your people, or you can live in misery married. So you can, mm-hmm. you can be free and single and move on, but you'll live with that shame or you'll be married and live with the misery and the terror of what's to come. You've told me that you would never have children with this person because you know that they would hurt you and possibly hurt them. It seems like a sign that it's not right. Mm -hmm. How old are you? Okay, so, you know, maybe you'll live 50, 60, 70 years. You're going to live with this for that long? Maybe the parents will get over it. Right? Maybe you can ask for forgiveness from your, your deity, your God. Or maybe you'll just go right to hell. 
but you're going to live in hell if you stay in this one direction. And I'm not supposed to tell you my opinion, and I'm not telling you my opinion. But clinically speaking, you ain't going to take be able to take much more of this, and maybe you'll get in trouble. You're going to get the police called on you. Something's going to happen. You're already getting physically abused. How much more can you take that? Mm. And so for some of my folks, this is uh, right, some of males too. So this is a male. So it's tough. And so I know it's tough for a lot of people in these abusive relationships to get out. You're married. It could be even harder if you got kids. Then you got to think about the economics about this thing. You got apartments, right? How, what are you going to do with the bills? They paying this, they paying that. So this is when you start to be like, hey, maybe I'm American. And maybe I am being more selfish and self-centered to tell you some of these things. Why would I want you to be scared your entire life? Why would I want you to be in pain? That's not me being an American. That's me caring for you, the human that's in front of me. Right. I ain't got nothing to do with my, my culture here in America, me being individualistic. This is talking about you. And so we have these conversations with these international students, right? And they hear it, but they also, it's hard to move forward in some of these things. I have some of my humans, they say, I could never marry this person. Well, why not? Oh, they're a different race. Okay. Uh, Look at me. I'm fucking perfect, and I'm biracial. Yeah, well, I mean, this was this, you know a person from Saudi, and their marriage. This was a uh, this was an Afghani woman, and they're seen as less than, and this and that, and the eyes, and and so right. we had a lot of talks, and we worked months and months and months, and we we untangled a lot of you know racism. I said, how can you love someone so deeply and yet you're so terrified to tell your father? We finally get the nerve to tell the father. The father's like, hey, fuck it, man. If you're happy, awesome. I'm miserable with your mom. Yeah. So, like, if you're happy, go with it, brother. <laughs> For real. standing bitch is terrible. Go yeah. somewhere else, son. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. And so you'd be surprised on how the parents actually want you to be happy. And they always tell yeah. me the same thing, all of them. But society... Society, motherfucker, you don't even see society that much. Like, how, why do you got to be all in your business? And don't get me wrong. Like, Go there's ahead. still, like, some people like problems, like, interracial, whatever. But let's be real. A lot of people don't give a shit. A lot of people, people don't care. Don't give a, shit. a lot of people. Yeah. Especially, like, you know, if somebody, like, say, you know, for example, if somebody was, like, Chinese or somebody, like, Vietnamese, no one cares. No one gives a shit. They're just like, no. whatever, dude. And Do I'm also thing. like, a lot of y'all is in different countries now. You're not even back home. And thus, the society won't even know because you're living in the States. You're living in Europe. Yeah. Like, you're safe. You've high degrees. Uh, you know, it's things to think about. Your family's yeah. met them. They love them. If your family loves them, so be it. You can deal with the backlash mm -hmm. because the people closest to you got your back. Right. Yeah. And... Let's be honest, like, when my mom and dad were together, like, you know, black and white, like, in the 80s, 90s, like, that shit yep. could get you killed. Yep. Like, it could really get you killed. My mom was telling me how, like, my sister, when she, when she was about to be born, there was a Ku Klux Klan meeting outside of the hospital in uh, Fontana, California. There you go. So, yeah. Good times. Good people. Great times. Great clothing. Good, good people, both sides. 
Good people on both sides. Yes, both sides. Both sides. Both sides. That's sarcasm, people. Yeah. I'm making a funny reference. <laughs> I'm, I'm making a funny reference, so laugh. No, laugh, I'm just making sure that I'm not a, you know, validating any Klansmen. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah. So, you know, I think we've gone a little bit further in society since then. A little bit. Yes. Just a little, little bit. bit. A little bit. Especially when it comes to like interracial marriages, unless you watch You People on Netflix, that shit movie. Um, yeah, I just you know what I just a, think uh, that. Oh, go what? ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say you know what's a better racial movie? Uh, oh my god, I forgot mm. it. The Big Sick. Have you seen that one? It's with the comedian. No, uh, oh, I've, I think you've mentioned it. The funny dude from times, the internal. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Right, 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 right. Yep. Uh, and so, Jesus, it's a tough movie. I mean, they get to, he is, he's, damn, I can't remember if he was Pakistani or Indian uh, in that movie. Mm-hmm. But his parents are, you know, Asian. And then he likes this white girl and then he wants to stay with this white girl. And then they break up because of all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then she gets cancer. And then he ends up getting back with mm-hmm. her. And then nurses are back to health. And, you know, it's a good thing. And it's a true story of him and his wife. Uh, oh, wow. So it's about all the drama of being Muslim and then, you know, this white girl and then, you know, she's getting, and it's awesome. It's quite wonderful movie. Uh, ratings are pretty mm-hmm. high on it. It was a low budget indie film, but it's definitely worth a watch. And it's like spot okay. on uh, as well. And so what's interesting with that is, you know, it's, it's a subculture, right? These are these cultures that not, aren't just necessarily super Americanized. They mm-hmm. are international families that are living in the States. And so that racial divide is a little bit more intense. And so we can say a lot of interracial things are better, but in these certain pockets or subsections in other countries, mm-hmm. it's very much alive. Fair enough. Also, Fair like enough. in some of these other countries, homophobia is punishable by death or not homophobia, uh, being gay is punishable by death. And right. so, you know, it, it's intense coming out certain, Fighting the cultural norms of your family and your ancestors in these places can be intense. Right. And so as a therapist, you know, you're being your best to be cautious, to be kind, to be considerate of like what they're coming from and what they're going through. But in situations I've been put in, in this last week, I'm like, bro, I'm not going to be sorry right now. Like, you're going to end up getting in trouble and getting kicked out of school. What's your family going to say then? You're going to, you're going to, what are they going to say then? So you go, you're going to move forward on this divorce. And then they started, they, everything changed. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, I heard your words in the, in the car the other day. I heard your words when things were happening. And I decided not to react. I heard your words to don't do anything. Be relaxed. Be stoic. Don't react. And I said, good. It saved you. Because if you would have done something, you would have been in big time trouble. Deported. Kicked out of school. Right? Yeah. Arrested. It was bad news. So you did good. So now you need to be safe. You need to get yourself out of the house. Stay with some mm-hmm. friends. Right? And then finish your schooling right. and you'll be done. You'll figure out the rest later. You'll figure it out. Be safe first. I'm going to set you up with these resources for these other places. They'll hook you up. And they said, so what about this divorce thing? Should I do the paperwork now? I said, damn, you already talking about paperwork. <laughs> that was like, no, it's serious. Talk about it's paperwork. Serious. I said, you ain't even got the mental capacity to do paperwork right now. So wait till you graduate in two months. Uh, 
Then you do the paperwork. I'll sit you up with these people. They'll help you out with it. I said, Nas, you're so good. You know so many things. They said, yeah. I can't spell one of these motherfucking things I told you about, but I know a lot of things. I love how you always have to implement some type of compliment somebody gives you, and you're just like, I'm actually a dumb piece of shit. Just so yeah, you know. I'm actually a piece of shit. <laughs> I hope that whenever somebody hears like my voice in this situation, they just like leave that crazy bitch, leave her now. <laughs> that bitch is crazy, dog. <laughs> Fuck that hoe. She she ain't oh shit. Oh my god, my voice. I try my best to like. So I'm like my father's uh, neurodivergent ass, where he keeps being super repetitive, 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 and he'll tell me the same thing like right. fifty different times. And so mm-hmm. now I do that with my clients. I'm like, one more again. Repeat that shit back to me. Uh, we're going to write this shit down now. Let's get it out. <laughs> and we'll get the whiteboard out. And then we'll get to writing shit down. <laughs> yeah, I know. My kids are like traumatized. Uh, real quick. Yeah. You know, I, you know I, like I said, I, I got in trouble with the bosses. Uh, mm-hmm. I was moving some stuff around on my schedule, making more room for my current clients and not new clients. And mm-hmm. uh, I said, you know, I was overbooked from day one this semester, overbooked from day one, no one else. Mm-hmm. He said, I noticed that. I said, you know why? He said, yeah, I know why. He said, all the people that you met for that at the end of the semester, we all had to meet all these new clients. One time at the end of the semester, one time, and then we send them off. All of mine returned. He said, you were the only one to have that many returners. Everyone else, mm-hmm. maybe one or two, if that, out of like 20. Mine was almost right. tall. He said, what are you doing in there? I said, I don't know. He said, be less nice. I said, my father said the same thing. I talked to my supervisor. She said, it's not in you to change the way you do therapy. I said, no, it's not. I just got a fucking accommodation from one of the provosts, one of the highest people at the school because of my work with students. But you're telling me to be less real, to help them more, less. And then I have this young man sits in front of me. Yes. Young man sits in front of me today. He said, you're so helpful. He said, I'm a social worker, brother. I'm going to help you out with everything, not just this one fucking thing. But the supervisor Mm -hmm. told me that's what I'm messing up. I'm working on too many things. I said, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. I feel pulled in many different directions. And so how I'm going to relate this back to the movie. You got your ancestors mm-hmm. and your people, or the corporate or the bosses, right? And you don't always have to do what they want you to do. You can make it your own. As T'Challa did, he made it his own. He made his own choices and he'll live and die by those choices. I think that's what we all need to take from these scenes in these episodes. Even Killmonger. Mm-hmm. If you find something that you believe in, I guess, ride or die, let's run towards it. All right. Maybe you can see, seek some consultation along the way so you don't end up trying to become genocidal. Yeah, let's not try to murder everybody. You know? Yeah. Let's, let's not do that. Eh, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> well. Sarcasm, people. Hey, yes, I'm joking, joking, okay. joking. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> never <know>. Like <laughs> Nit says on New Girl, you'll never see. <laughs> one of the best, make re- best one of the best rewatchable shows everybody wants to watch the office friends new girl that's 
that's my go-to. It is. You know what's yeah. funny? Is that, you know, I'll bring it up to some of the homies and everyone loves it. And then I'll bring it up to like certain pockets and they'll be like, gross. And I'm like, what? They'll be like, oh yeah, they're just so racist in that show. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of stuff that gets thrown around some, some things. I'm like, okay. But it's funny. <laughs> also chill. Like this is comedy. Smith's Jewish. He's making a lot of Jewish jokes. They're making fun. They're like he's known to be kind of controversial and racist, and so they're making fun of him being ignorant. They're showing him being ignorant, and then people correcting him on it. And they just have so many different people in there, right? Like you don't have the same person when you have Winston or Coach yep. or anybody. Like they're just they're different. There's so many right? different people. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's individuality, right? But they're racist. Shut yeah. the fuck and up. And I get it. There's a lot of racial things, tones that oh, are said. Whatever. But then also it's, I get that part, but also it's a different type. It's not, it's the, most of this is satire. Most of this is making fun of people being ignorant. And yeah. then they'll be like, well, you know, they're fat phobic on the show. And okay, maybe they do get a little weird with some diets and being fat and shit like that. Trust me, bro. I've heard so many negative things about New Girl. I'm like, bro, y'all need to chill, bro. Chill out. Just enjoy. Why You're going to cancel this show? Enjoy. Someone said this show couldn't even come out these days. I'm like, yeah, you need to stop. It came out like five years ago. <laughs> I know. I'm like, y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop. Uh, That's ridiculous. Humans That's are interesting, ridiculous. bro. I just kind of roll with it. I'm just like, okay, you know. Uh one thing about like these Black Panthers, sorry to diverge back yes. and, and out. No, please. Um, it is so well done, like you were saying, with all the different culture aspects, the materials, the clothing. Like I've seen some of the yes. documentaries about it and how they just made sure everything was authentic and genuine. Uh, right. Another thing that makes it very enjoyable. Yeah, totally. The planning. Agree. Planning. Sorry, it lagged out on the yeah, just the planning and strategy that went into making that movie tense. Oh yeah. I know. Uh yeah, they did a lot of research on just the different tribes and everything. Yep. Um, that was amazing. Just seeing even the dudes with like the big like plates in his lip and everything like that. Yep. You're just like, Oh, okay, all right. Different tribes of Africa. All right, fair enough. Let's do it. Um, yeah, that's what and I I don't know what's going to be in the future, especially for Black Panther without Chadwick Boseman. I know that they have Shuri in there, but um, it's just a different, it's it's just so different. Um, well, Shuri will just be a transition until T'Challa Jr. takes over because, right, it has to be but T'Challa. we don't even know how fucking long that's going to take. Yeah, I would know? assume that's just an interlude and then maybe they'll never get to it, but who knows? I mean... I, I hope that they have another T'Challa um, just because it's such a great character. And I think a lot of people, especially young black men, they really need to see um, just a positive um, Loving. Just role model in that sense. Right. Yep. Just a positive, just image. Yep. Um, like him. So hopefully they come back with something like that, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, so that is all for today. Yep. Um, like we said before, please subscribe down below. 
Um, also hit that like button, hit the share button. Also, watch out for our website slash merch that will be coming out soon. Yep. We got I'm t-shirts. Order some samples. Yep. <laughs> we got some we got we got some jeggings coming out. And this is gonna have Jiggins. two slices of cheese on the butt. Yep, it's and the model's gonna be my ass. So <laughs> watch out for that. But that's a that's a dump truck there, boy. That boy know, got some dump. Like, even the even straight men are gonna be like, God damn, boy, what the God damn. What you gonna fit in these? <laughs> Did you kill a cheetah? <laughs> oh my god, cheetah. It's a throwback right, to road trips. I can't. By the way, before we go, um, I told Dom that we're probably going to be driving back to Indiana from Kentucky. And she was, I was like, get ready for this road trip because here's a little, here's a little sample of what you would get if you went on the three week road trip that we would go on. Yep. It's going to be great. She's going to be passed out. She's going to be overstimulated. Oh, it's fine. She just put in her headphones and zoom. Do you get the zoomies? I know. Chill out. She can. Yeah. Yep. I told her that. I was like, you just put your headphones in and chill. Be fine. Yeah. Uh, real uh, quick. Uh, heads up, yeah. folks. Uh, me and Spence will actually be shooting on location. We should start hyping this up. So we'll be yeah. shooting on location coming in May. Uh, all things going according to the plan. And so we should make in some pit stops in Kansas City. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Utah. And then we're going to go to Yosemite, and then hopefully we can hit some national parks up north. And yes. then we just kind of see how as we're murdered by either animals or white people. Cocaine bears. Cocaine bears or meth gators, as they're going to make another movie. Gator meths. Meth gators or just white people. We'll see. Yep. All right, folks. I'm Spencer. That's Nazir. And this is the Different Spectrums Podcast. Peace, everyone. Much love. Toodles. We're kind of forever. I ain't going to appropriate that, so I'm going to just toodles. So you're taking Nixon? I just I said toodles. Toodles. I am not a crook. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went to go do the fist, and then I got scared that I was going to get canceled. So then I started. You're like (laughs) black people i love black people (laughs) okay i'm done black people (laughs) bye everyone